Hello, this is Gary Van Warmerdam with the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com. In this audio, I want to share a little perspective on self-judgment. Self-judgment is pretty much at the core, or at least an element of, just about every kind of emotional reaction, unpleasant emotional reaction, there is. And if it doesn't involve a self-judgment, there's probably a judgment of someone else or something else outside you. And if you become aware of that, then you probably judge yourself for judging or being critical of someone else. So self-judgment comes after as a reaction to not liking what you do to someone else or your opinion about someone else. And when I'm talking about judgment in this sense, I'm not talking about what I'll differentiate as an assessment, a discernment. I'm talking about being harsh on yourself in a critical way that leaves you feeling down, inadequate, insecure, afraid of even what you think about yourself. That kind of self-criticism that results in unpleasant, emotions of misery and even depression. That's the self-judgment I'm talking about. It's good that we make assessments, that we think critically and are skeptical of things. That's a healthy way to use our mind. When the mind is automatically putting ourselves down or putting someone else down, generally not a healthy emotion involved with that, something that leads to unhappiness. So there's a lot of stories out there and suggestions about how to get rid of that kind of negative thinking. And it usually involves one or two steps, and it's good advice about not being so hard on yourself. However, that's not very effective. That's a really good intention of how you should be, not so hard on yourself that maybe other people suggest to you or you tell yourself in your own mind. And that very often becomes fuel for more self-judgment. Maybe you're critical of yourself or you're critical of other people and you tell yourself, I shouldn't be so critical. As if to say, I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't be this way. Wrapped up in the very suggestion of advice. It's a self-criticism and a self-rejection. And this is very often how most people approach it. They attempt to let go of their self-judgments, dissolve them or get rid of them or push them away. And they end up getting more and more frustrated because they fail. In this podcast, I don't suppose that I'm going to open the door for people to drop all their self-judgments, but but I may give you here a different perspective on what you're dealing with. And that if you realize some of the other elements here, that you won't be so hard on yourself on the fact that this is a little harder nut to crack. And there's a few layers to this that aren't immediately obvious. And those layers need to be dismantled. Those different parts of that belief structure and the core belief system need to be dismantled in order for that self-judgment to be dissolved permanently.
When I talk about self-judgment, it usually takes a critical form such as, I shouldn't have done that. As in the case of, I shouldn't have been so critical of them or of myself. It might be a little harsher, an exaggeration of that, such as, I'm such an idiot or I'm so stupid. It might get projected onto someone else in the form of, they must think I'm an idiot. They must think I'm stupid. In effect, you're still judging yourself, but you're imagining in that process that somebody else is joining you in that affair. Imagination is quite a exaggerated thing when it gets going like that. Very creative and not always for our own benefit. Any kind of comment like that kind of takes the form of I shouldn't have done that or I shouldn't be that way. And we'll just use that phrasing as an example, even though it could take a many, many different forms. A lot of people try and push that thought away or after it happens, they defend it and they say, no, no, I do the right thing or I learned a lot from it or it's okay because of this or I'm not a bad person. I'm still a good person because of this, this, and this. Anyways, they try and discount that judgment and they try and add in its place a lot of positive thoughts to help discount it lessen the emotion that happens when we believe those self-judgments. And that's somewhat effective, but usually the next time you think about that same event again and what you did or didn't do, it's very easy for that voice in your head to chime in with, oh, I was such an idiot, I shouldn't have done that. It still echoes. Adding all those positive thoughts doesn't really change what's there self-rejection and the emotions that go with that, that emotion is still coming back. We can tell ourselves positive stories on top of that emotion, but there's a whole belief structure underneath that hasn't gone away. No matter how many positive stories you throw on the top of it. So what's the rest of that belief structure? Why does it keep coming back? Why do we have to keep reminding ourselves that we're not such a bad person or putting a positive spin on? Why do we have to keep doing that? Let's give a little metaphorical story. I I could use an iceberg in that the part of the judgment that you see is the ice that's above the surface, but 90% of the structure is below the surface, and you don't see it. At least you don't see it until you learn how to look for it, which is what I'll call self-awareness, or at least awareness of that part of the mind. But let's shift that a little bit, and let's say that there is a rock in your front yard, and you do some landscaping, and you're going to go move that rock out of the way, because it's kind of an eyesore. Looks like you can roll it over yourself. And so you go to push on it and you're sweating and you're pushing and pulling and maybe even get a pry bar and that rock's not moving. Then it occurs to you that there might be something underneath the surface of dirt that you can't see that's making this rock a little more difficult to move than you thought. 
Well, if you do some digging, you might see that the part of the rock that's above the ground that you can see is only about 10% of it. And maybe it's 80 or 100 pounds, but below the surface is another 800 to 1,000 pounds. And that you were trying to move this rock out of the way, thinking that the 10% of it was all of it. And you might have, while you were pushing this rock, gotten down on yourselves for being weak, you know, not gotten to the gym, a failing at this, therefore I'm a failure for not being able to move this rock. This is what happens when we attempt, or when most people attempt, to get rid of this thing called judgment or self-judgment. As they try and push it out of the way, but they don't know what they're up against. They don't know how to see below the surface to see the other 90% that's holding it in place. And if you don't see the other 90%, you just say that rock's just too darn heavy, you might cover it up with a mound of dirt and landscape something around it. That's like putting flowers and dirt and nice soil and a palm tree around this rock. And those are all the positive affirmations that you put around that ugly rock. But in the case of your mind, if that rock is a self-judgment, you still have this ugly self-judgment underneath, and it's still festering emotions. And it still gets recalled in memory every time you think back to that, and it's still affecting your self-image. So what I want to do here is peek under that rock and take a look at what some of that other 90% looks like that we don't usually see. You see, if there's a simple judgment such as, I shouldn't have done that, we hear that comment, and that's the part we notice. However, if we take this comment and we do a little thin slicing and break it down into details, we'll see that there's a structure of many smaller elements that support that comment and make it a little tough to move and tough to shake off. But if we break it down into these smaller pieces, and then we chuck out these smaller pieces, we can move, you know, a dozen rocks that are 100 pounds, but moving one that's 1,200 pounds, not so easy. And this is what I find is a very effective approach in dismantling these belief structures, these negative thoughts, these self-judgments, or emotional reactions in the mind. Thin slice it, break it up into small pieces, and then move out the small pieces that you can manage. Because moving that 1,200 or 1,000 or 800-pound rock in one move, you're going to end up failing, and then you're probably going to judge yourself for failing. But you didn't realize what you were up against. So if we take this self-judgment of, I shouldn't have done that, it looks like one comment. That's the part we see in the internal dialogue. But let's say that that comment comes from one voice in the mind. Because we have other voices. We can certainly have differing opinions. And at different times, with different emotions about that same event, different interpretation. But that one 
particular kind of interpretation, that self-condemning interpretation, with that condemning voice, comes from a character, a voice we'll call the inner judge. And that judge in your mind is pretty much judging and being critical of everything all the time. And the judge is the character that pushes all those negative opinions. But let's break it up even further and say, if we could step back from that a little more and get a larger scale picture and perspective, we'd see that there's another side of our personality that agrees. Oh yeah, we shouldn't have done that. That accepts the judgment and accepts the punishment that yes, I really did something wrong. Then that part we'll call the victim. And sometimes it can come very quick, even in the same line. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And we're condemning ourselves, or it looks like we're condemning ourselves and accepting the condemnation, when in fact it's the side of the judge that's doing the condemning, and it's the side of the victim that's accepting the condemnation. And it feels like us if we don't have that awareness to give ourselves a gap and step back from it. As you practice and gain awareness, you'll realize more and more of a gap, more and more of a time lag between when the judge says something and the victim accepts it, even to the point as you develop awareness that you can develop a time lag to the degree that before the victim accepts the judgment, you can go, well, wait a minute. I don't know that I agree. I don't know that I accept that. And when you're able to do that, then you don't end up with the emotion of fear and insecurity and embarrassment, guilt, shame, whatever the effect is in the individual case. It's part of building awareness to have that clarity and that perspective. Instead of just automatically agreeing to every opinion or judgment that goes through your mind. So, what looked like just one comment is actually a comment from one part of the mind called the judge. It's accepted and agreed with by another part of the mind called the victim. And what we do with those comments, those self judgments, those critical opinions, when we accept them, is we put our faith in them. By just accepting it to be true, we put this force of our faith into that agreement, which is to say we believe it. We accept it to be true. And in giving it that power, which is a very subtle thing, we then accept that agreement to be true. We imagine ourselves as having failed And if we failed, then we are a failure. We are that idiot. We project a big picture in our mind. That's who we are. We believe that big failure picture. And there's all the unworthiness and guilt, shame. That's the part that's easier to see. And that's the part that most people try to change. That's also the part that's not buried very deep gives you the illusion that, oh, if I just change that, this rock will move. You see, what happened preceding that? What happened before the judgment is what's really buried. 
the part of the judgment that you hear in your thinking, the internal dialogue of, I shouldn't have done that. That's a conclusion. See, the mind has already compared you to some ideal of what you should have done or were supposed to do instead. Some criteria of what would have been the successful thing to do. Pictured you as the person that did that appropriate thing. Made a comparison between that ideal image and what you actually did. And then out of that comparison, find you less than. And then the part you hear in your mind is something to affect, I shouldn't have done that, or I'm so stupid. But we don't notice this whole image of perfection, this idealized image, and all the things that we should have done that's sitting there that we have unknowingly invested our faith in made it a powerful object of belief, buried it into our unconscious, then compared ourselves to that. And of course, compared to that some ideal image, some huge criteria of success, we then are going to find ourselves inadequate. And the judge gives that conclusion. And then we fight to put flowers around it and said, no, no, it'll come out okay, or I learned a lot. But of course, next time we think about that event again and what we did or didn't do, the mind remembers also the unconscious, idealized image. Does a comparison, gives us another conclusion, a self-condemning conclusion, because it's continually doing that comparison against this idealized image, this idealized criteria of what we should have done that's buried in our unconscious. And we have faith in those idealized image. We have faith in those images of perfection of how we're supposed to be and what kind of success we hope to be in so many aspects. I mean, everything from what our body looks like to how much money we're supposed to have and what kind of relationship we're supposed to have and how other people are supposed to see us. And the judge does what it does. It continually compares us to that whole set of criteria and those images of perfection and then find us unworthy by that comparison. And we're over here in the emotion, trying to get out of the emotion, which is the part we notice. But the part we don't notice is all these things that precede it. The criteria, the comparison, the faith we've put into this idealized image that make it something powerful, that the faith we put in what the judge says, our faith that we put in what the victim says. We've built a huge structure of beliefs. I think of it as a belief system. And for most people, most of the time, when you don't have any awareness, you see only a small percentage of it. You feel all the emotion of it at the end. But you don't know about the chain of events that precedes it. When I point this structure out to people, a lot of times they will point to that and say, no, well, that's really what I should be. 
or they look at that image of perfection that they have for what they're supposed to be. And they're like, well, I don't want to give up with that, or I'm really motivated to do that. That's what I really should do. They don't realize that a lot of what's motivating them is they believe that if they really become that, they can avoid all this self-judgment. Of course, after you do this for a while, you accomplish your goals, you find out that the judge has just raised the bar again and uses a new criteria that's even higher. Eventually, you come to this awareness that achieving all your goals is no way to get out of self-judgment. But some people have to go pursue that path until they realize the futility in it. I'm not saying don't be successful and don't have goals and don't go for what you want. Although some people like to take that completely reactive interpretation of this. They're like, no, no, I want all those goals. I want to keep that judge. It keeps me motivated. Well, that assumes that that's the only kind of motivation that there is. That kind of logic, I want to keep this judge going. I really need that to stay motivated. It keeps me on my toes. and As if that's the only way to be motivated. You know, if that's the only way to be motivated, then the most successful person will be the one that judges and is the harshest on themselves. But that doesn't fit my idea of success. I mean, when I think of someone who's successful, that also means happy. That also means confident. And a confident person isn't beating themselves up on the inside. A successful, truly successful person, not just in what they have materially, but in how they feel, doesn't beat themselves up on the inside. There's a lot of people who have accomplished a lot that still beat themselves up and still feel they haven't done enough or achieved enough. That's not successful to achieve happiness. So when I talk about dismantling some of these idealized images, there's resistance that people have. And of course you have to overcome that. There's a line between having goals going to make your body healthy at the gym, creating financial wealth, creating a beautiful relationship. There's a line between going for all that and judging yourself, being harsh on yourself, when things don't turn out the way you intend. One has nothing to do with the other. One has nothing to do with the other. Although, for most people, they become so enmeshed. The judgment of themselves as a winner if they succeed and get what they intend as their goals, and the judgment of themselves as a failure if they don't get or haven't gotten what they intend yet. When it's so enmeshed in the mind, in those beliefs, it's hard to see that line. But as you gain awareness, you gain clarity and perspective, you can see there is very clearly a line between the two, and they can have nothing to do with each other, provided you have awareness and clarity.
certain point in a person's development, they become more and more aware and they become aware of how they judge themselves and judge other people. They realize that they don't want to do that and they make an image of perfection for themselves about how they shouldn't judge themselves and shouldn't judge other people. And then they judge themselves based on that idealized image of how they shouldn't judge themselves. Oh yes, this is twisted. This is twisted and the mind adds layers like that. And the mind resists, or we could say, that structure of beliefs resists change. Most people, when they resist the first time and they fight to keep what motivates them in that goal-oriented way, they fight to keep it, not realizing that that's just part of their mind reacting. They feel that if they don't have that image of success, then they won't achieve greatness. And if they don't achieve greatness, then they are a failure. It's like the only mechanism that their mind has structured that will allow them to feel happy and fulfilled is if they achieve or accomplish or become this idealized image that was fabricated who knows when in history. What I'm pointing to here is it's a belief system. And it's probably a bit more complex in its pattern and in its structure than most people first realize. Certainly far more to it than I ever thought initially. And if you haven't been able to let go of self-judgment, you're still harsh on yourself, you're still harsh and critical on other people, and you haven't been able to let go of that yet, you might let go of beating yourself up over it because hopefully in this audio you realize there's more to that rock. You've been pushing on that rock called self-judgment without realizing the structure that's underneath it all. And that structure is built from all these conceptual ideas, images of perfection, criteria of success, what have you idealized stories, the way your body's supposed to be, your relationship's supposed to be, your finances are supposed to be. And all the faith you've put in those idealized stories, all the faith you've put in those conceptual ideas, and built a huge structure. And it's sitting out of sight in the unconscious until you bring it into your awareness. And once you bring these beliefs, these core beliefs into your awareness, then you can change them. Then you can dismantle the structure that precedes the judgment. And then when you do that, and you think back to an event, there isn't any comparison anymore. It just was what it was. And there's no self-judgment, there's no self-rejection, and therefore there's no shame, no embarrassment, no guilt, no insecurity, no fear of what other people will think of you. Because you accept yourself 100% just the way you are. 
you love yourself. A hundred percent. No conditions. No need to be that idealized character in your imagination in order for you to love yourself. No withholding your love until you finally achieve that. Some of this work to move out this self-judgment and the structure of beliefs and dynamics and characters like the judge and victim that are underneath it, this will take some digging. This will take some digging. So I hope that gives a little clearer picture of some of the stuff that's buried underneath those self-judgments, that it's more than just a negative thought, that there's actually beliefs and ideas and images and expectations that we've put our faith in that are at the source of that thought, that those thoughts grow out of those buried beliefs. And just to keep expectations in perspective, I had no intention to walk you out of your self-judgment in this audio piece. That would be one heck of an audio if we could do that in about 30 minutes. You will find some very effective and practical exercises in my Self-Mastery audio program. The first few sessions are available free. And they help you get control of what's going on in your mind step back from these judge and victim points of view, see the judgment for what it is in a way that you create a gap and don't believe it anymore. And then in the advanced series sessions, you'll find steps to overcome the resistance to dismantling those images of perfection as idealized versions of ourselves and life that we cling to because we believe that's the only avenue to become happy. And then after you dismantle the resistance, there are steps to dismantle those images of perfection and that criteria of success as well. But when you dismantle that, you dismantle the very structure of self-judgment and you dismantle all that self-rejection and you open the door. Make it very easy to embrace self-acceptance and loving yourself. No conditions. And if you're in a hurry, you can join me at a workshop, one of my events, or perhaps a power journey, where we go through a rather intensive process in just a few days. You can find out more about those events on my website. And then there is more specific tailored processes that we can do over the phone through an individual coaching program. Lots to explore. Good luck, enjoy your journey, and whatever path you create for happiness and love in your life. This is Gary Van Wormerdam, the Awareness and Consciousness Podcast from PathwayToHappiness.com.